0: Hello and welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast audio edition, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast, like, and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. Banner week for the Arizona Cardinals coming off a dub. Bo last week and uh, Houston Texans, uh, this game a lot of layers, of course, the return to Texas for Kyler Murray. Cardinals see a familiar name in this game, C.J. Strahd, who uh, you know, went one pick ahead of where the Cardinals were supposed to go. We're going to talk about that and more. The draft day trade that really shaped this season for Houston and what I think is going to be next season and beyond, Bo, for the Arizona Cardinals.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a huge game for Houston, right? I mean, they're in the thick of the AFC playoff hunt, and that's due to a couple dynamic rookies. As you mentioned, Stroud, who has been the best quarterback in this class. I mean, he's yeah. outplayed by a mile, a couple of miles, uh, Bryce Young down there in Carolina. So what he's done is is bring new life into this Houston Texans team that have been rebuilding for a couple of years. But these are two organizations that have been kind of tied together for some pretty big trades. I mean, you can go even be before this trade where, you know, Steve Kime was able to pull off highway rivalry, the biggest trade, biggest moment of his tenure, maybe outside of pivoting to Kyler Murray at the top of the draft in 2019, but 2020 off season, getting DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick, David Johnson and a fourth round pick. So mm-hmm. uh, this one though, it's this, this was the biggest move, you know, of Monty Austin for tenure. And for him, it felt like, to trade down and get a quarterback's haul for the third overall pick, it just seemed like it was the right move, especially when you're looking at how little assets that he had to work with, taking over the reins of the front office in the desert. So uh, it, it really, it, it's tough to find in the NFL or in pro sports where trades benefit both teams, but it's truly benefited both of these teams. It really has, uh, as far as following the assignment, what was necessary, where it helped Monty Osfort and the Cardinals accumulate draft assets, draft capital for the future, uh, able to stay, you know, within striking distance of the player they wanted. They ended up trading back up into the top 10, sixth overall for Paris Johnson Jr., but still that future first that they received from Houston is is so big for this upcoming draft and this rebuild. But then, you know, Houston able to get this guy a, a pressure maniac and will anderson jr who is kind of the player we thought he was going to be really yeah. rock solid good player but you're not seeing like gaudy sack numbers and game-changing moments from will anderson just yet i i think that it's it's really like it's played out pretty much how a lot of people saw it playing out which is great for both franchises
0: like yeah he's not having a nick bosa-esque type of rookie of the year campaign like i He's not the defensive rookie of the year to this point. I think that would go maybe like a Devin Witherspoon a couple of picks later to Seattle. I I don't even think, you know, he gets lumped in, I think rightfully so to like their success because he's, he's an, you know, analytic darling, he's tops and run defense. But I mean, at the end of the day, and we talked about this on our show, like you're paid to rush the passer and get sacks. That's what you get paid for. That's what you get extensions for. That's how you make the hall of fame. Like it's, and again, we're talking about a guy who's ten games in his career. I think he gets to that point, but we always question the ceiling for this player. I mean, you think back, but when we were at the combine last year, and you and I were bullish on him, we had Benjamin Albright and a couple other people come on our podcast basically say outright, like they're they're not interested. They feel like there are other players that are going to be able to help them. And then we took a back seat and we're just like, what is going on here? We we can't. We're on the impression it's Will Anderson season, quarterback, quarterback, Will Anderson to the Arizona Cardinals. Well, it turns out we were half right. Will Anderson Jr. ended up going third as the Cardinals, they traded down on draft night to 12. They got pick 33, but then the coup de grace, as you mentioned, the first in this coming draft and a third, the Cardinals had to give up a fourth in that, but setting themselves up for a trade backup for Paris Johnson Jr. giving up pick 33 and all that to say, like, I think Paris has, probably met, if not exceeded their expectations. Like we've talked about many times, hasn't missed a snap for this Cardinal team is somebody that I think is going to be a staple on the offensive line. Like I don't know if he's ever going to become a top five tackle at his position, but I'm going to tell you right now, if he continues to get better, which I think he will, if he adds strength in the off season and he remains durable, knock on wood, like he's going to be paid a premium. He's going to be a guy who gets, you know, a t- 10 figure extension or whatever it is um nine figure extension like for this franchise like 80 90 million dollars guaranteed at some point like that's the going rate for a franchise left tackle i i would say he checks all the boxes so far so i think for arizona it's like you made out pretty damn well all things considered because you remember like the other options we were talking about first of all nobody wanted to stomach it, at least it seemed like within our fan base nobody wanted to stomach paris johnson junior at number 3 Like, I think had that had happened, that's what it was trending toward. Had they not been able to trade down, they were going to take him at three. People would have been upset that they passed over Will Anderson Jr. And then the other name that was consistently floated with this franchise because of the elite attributes, the measurables, was Tyree Wilson out of Texas Mm. Tech. And you and I talked to his agent, Kyler Murray's agent, coincidentally Eric Burkhardt at the Combine, and he was adamant Cardinals love him. Like, he is going to be a specimen in the NFL. Now, Burkhardt at the time thought, that he was going to go ahead of of Will Anderson didn't end up happening that way. Still went high to the Raiders. He's been, let's just call it underwhelming this season. Now he hasn't been an outright disaster. Like we thought couple sacks in the last couple games since Josh McDaniels has been fired. So maybe there's some hope and we certainly don't root for players, you know, to, to not succeed. But I mean, like literally name somebody in the top 10 outside of Stroud, my opinion, that, Either has has surprised or disappointed. I think we're we're almost at chalk level. Witherspoon's been great because, of course, he is with Pete Carroll, defensive back. Savant Wilson's underwhelmed. Anthony Richardson was good, but he was mm-hmm. almost too athletic for his own good. He got he got himself hurt because he was running around trying to make up for a, a lot of other things. I, I would say the two biggest surprises: how bad Bryce Young has been, and I, historically bad, like he's Zach Wilson esque at quarterback this year, and then how great. CJ has been generational. He's on pace for twenty-eight passing touchdowns, a handful of rushing. I mean, it's a it's an all-time rookie season right now.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's really impressive. And you know, Tyree had medicals. Right, he had the foot and finally got healthy. He was a guy that then he landed on pup with a non-football injury list at, at yeah. some point. He wasn't even ready for training camp. So, you know, that's that's just one of the things that a lot of teams shy away from. But like the thing with Paris Johnson Jr. at three and how that would not have satisfied the fan base is mm-hmm. like sure you get this re- franchise caliber player at his position going forward. But the assignment was accumulate assets. And and that was the, that's why we were, we heard throughout the draft process that the Arizona Cardinals were highly motivated to trade down. That was their main goal. That was what they were doing. Monty Osford stayed patient, but he, he, his goal was to trade down. That's exactly what he did to, to really kind of boost what he was going to have going forward. I mean, it, they they knew that they were going to be more than one player away at third overall, like a Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Paris Johnson, Jr. Whoever it was, wasn't going to be somebody that was going to be like, okay, not only does this help us in the immediate, but also it, it's going to help us down the line because it, it wouldn't have brought anything your way as far as, assets to be able to turn into it. And I think that what we've seen too is the ability, the upside as far as Monty Austin being able to take whatever, wherever the Houston pick lands this 2024 draft and turn it into starting player, maybe even a pro bowl caliber player. And then that's when you look at it, it's like, well, you gave up a chance of getting Will Anderson. Well, you know, I think Monty Austin going to have a chance to hit on any first round pick that has a, the ability to, to be rock solid right out of the gates, just like Will Anderson. Like, he, yeah. like we said, it's not generational. Like, I yeah. don't think at any point during his career you're going to say, "My God, this guy is wrecking the league." And that's the that's the one thing that you couldn't happen. If you're going to trade out, it just couldn't be this guy that was going to come in and kind of be a defensive player of the year candidate. I think he's going to be really, really, really good. And he has been, but is he going to be the guy that's going to be bringing home hardware? you know, at the, you know, at the end of each and every season. And I, I think I,
0: the answer is no. And again, like, what if there's not a huge gap between Will Anderson and B.J. O'Jolari throughout their careers? Like, what if they're the very similar players in terms of production, sack totals? Like right now, I would say it's it's been pretty even. And, and Will had a head start. Like, what what would concern me if I was a Texans fan, and again, it's early, but every time I turn the TV on, like, CJ and, and Houston Texans are leading games, which mm-hmm. means opposing teams are throwing. And they played a lot of bad teams. They played the Colts. Jacksonville's got limitations. They played Atlanta. They lost to some bad teams. It's just like there, there ought to be opportunities. Like, we talked about Will last year at this time like a generational player. We mm-hmm. talked about him like a Nick Bosa, like a like a Miles Garrett kind of player like I think they'd be content with him eight to 12 sacks a year but that's at the end of the day that's not what you're it's the same reason we banged on Isaiah Simmons forever he's the seventh eighth pick in the draft like you got to be special you got to be the top one percent like I I think that we're just so numb from lack of draft hits like you forget like you're picking that high they have to be a cornerstone player a superstar player one of the best on your team, certainly, and then without throughout the NFL. And like it's early, we're not burying Will Anderson Jr. here, but like I think we you'd be lying to yourself if you didn't say like Monty Austin Ford was was likely proven correct, at least right now. Mm-hmm. And then also like the trickle-down effect bow, had they not taken Paris Johnson Jr., everybody knew DJ Humphreys was gonna miss time at some point. Everybody. So it's like, okay, well, what would have been your contingency plan then? Would you have kept Josh Jones? Beacham and Josh Jones, would you have tried to force a pick, a tackle later in the draft, force him into the lineup? Like, I think the beauty of this draft class, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw this or not, 33rd team, which they've done some suspect stuff, basically <laughs> put together a graphic, lauding the Cardinals draft class, like sneaky good. Well, it's not sneaky, mm-hmm. it's good, good, on paper good. But a lot of the picks have been able, you've been able to ease them in. Mojolari eased in. Garrett Williams certainly eased in. Michael Wilson took that job and ran with it. Dante Stills eased in, didn't start right away. Like, there'd be a fear if you took a tackle early, you know, somebody goes down, whether it's Humphreys or otherwise, and you don't have Paris. That's it. that's You're thrown into the fire in a very, very sensitive position where you've expected to protect $250 million quarterback. So I think they've handled as, as well as can be expected. But I'm going to tell you right now, like, I think we're going to look back Outside of these quarterbacks, it's I think it's a special top 10 draft class. You look at the odds right now with our friends at DraftKings. Actually, Jalen Carter is the favorite to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, minus 150, then Witherspoon at 150. This is to tell you that they're not paying attention. They're just trying to get people to throw their money away. Will Anderson Jr. tied for the third best odds, a plus 1,000 with Brian Branch. So uh, I'm not seeing any Cardinals on this list. BJ Ojolari all the way down. He is on the list uh, at plus. What does it say? Twenty thousand. So, I mean, throw five bucks on that. What? What? BJ Ojolari goes off, but those are those are the odds right now,
1: and not bad. I mean, and I think the Cardinals Cardinals fans obviously, it's fun. They'll root for. I mean, we just saw the Diamondbacks uh, player take home some hardware, getting some notoriety as the best rookie in 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 the league. But I think that's coming down the line. Like you're going to have an opportunity if. Kyler Murray continues to prove he's the guy. What are they going to do with their own pick that's going to be in the top five? Like that's within striking distance of talent like that. So in um, getting a player that could potentially put up statistics you know, on either side of the football that, that would merit that. So uh, it, it's, it, it really was looking at two, two states of each franchise going into this big game. Benef- beneficial for both sides, right? That that they were able to get their guy, CJ Stroud. And, and I remember draft day, it was like, are they, are they really going to try to fool the league and maybe go Anderson first? Or, you know, what quarterback did they truly like? Like, you remember there was, there was a lot of smoke screening as far as who it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then they finally landed on Stroud at two overall. And I don't know if I, I'll give them more credit than they accidentally kind of fell into Stroud, but some ways they did. I mean, they were they were at what was going to happen with Carolina, and they made the wrong decision with Bryce Young. But man, are are they in a good spot now? You look at this, where Cardinals can help themselves out significantly by handing them a loss. And when you look at which team has the most to lose on Sunday, Houston by a long shot. Like we can talk about how fair this trade was on draft day, and and it not it wasn't necessarily. I mean, it's fair now, but what Monty Osfort was able to get from the Texans at that time where not only did he get, you know, they pick swap in the first round, future first, they got the second at the time and the third. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge haul. For like, a
0: non-quarterback. It, for that a non-quarterback. The yeah. like they had their quarterback. You don't trade up. We'd right. broken it down for six months on our show. There are not top 10 trade-ups for non-quarterbacks. And so we were very much under the impression if somebody's coming up, it's the Raiders, it's mm-hmm. the Colts, it's it's somebody like that. But I could well, I remember we were I was talking to you. I was driving in, we were doing our draft show at four peaks, and I gotten tipped off that Tennessee was interested in coming up. And mm-hmm. like they were talking parameters of a deal. And that was like two and a half hours before the draft had started. And so I'm like, this pick's getting fucking dealt. Like they're 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 moving down. They've been they've been coy about it. It's happening. Um, and I I got got it wrong. It was the wrong AFC South team. I I think I believe they because clearly they had, had enough of a relationship with Tennessee to then go back in round two and say, okay, now you come up, get your quarterback. We're gonna take a, a you know, a lesser package for you to get Will Evis, we'll take VJ Ojolari. But the the Houston package, I mean I, I wonder, at the end of the day, you know, Anderson, I think, is going to be good. But, like, clearly, when you have Stroud, like, and all that you gave up, now you better be able to sign players in free agency, hit on some supplemental talent. It put, I think it puts much more pressure now on Will Anderson Jr. to be a superstar at the position. You can't just be okay. You can't just be good. When you're giving up future ones plus, like, they gave up a future one and a basically... Two ones in twenty twenty-three with pick thirty-three and then where the Cardinals were were picking a pick twelve. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a lot for a non-quarterback. So I don't know. I I don't think I'm as bullish as other people are that Houston made out well. I don't we'll see. I think it's well, I mean, people forget about
1: the second round pick because it was it was traded within moments after they received it, right? I mean they right. had 30 they they got 33 from the Texans and I think they had 35 or 34 that yeah went in the they package to, to Detroit, right And man, I mean that that is just a massive haul for Monte Awesome for it. but that's that was the goal. That was the goal to to maximize his the largest asset that he had you know, coming in as Arizona Cardinals general manager, it wasn't Deandre Hopkins, you know, that, that fell through horrendously. Right. Um, but yeah, they are now, I mean, the Cardinals are two and eight and I think that was expected. And the Texans, they got a quarterback that has them, I think ahead of schedule in, in, you know, operating above expectations. So, and, and now the Arizona Cardinals have an ability to play spoiler. Um, and and they kind of played spoiler in in a way on draft day by by being
0: able to fleece Nick Casario and crew for a non quarterback. I mean, it, this weekend it's a microcosm of where these two teams are. But I I think the the Cardinals can absolutely win this game on Sunday, and I I think they are going to win this game. The the over under right now it's the highest of the weekend forty nine. I mean that that tells me and it was 47 47 and a half when we did our show on Wednesday. Vegas is is expecting Kyler Murray and CJ Stroud to to throw blows, blow after blow. At some point the other shoe has to fall with CJ. Like we we're now in the second half of this year, right? We played over 10 games. He's got 15 touchdowns to two interceptions. So he's on pace for almost 30 to to four. Like that's a, that's unheard of. No one does that. So you're either in the camp that it's going to be the greatest rookie season of all time. I'm going to bet against that. I'm going to bet that he has a, an off game on Sunday. This is a guy that lost to, to the Falcons. The Cardinals just beat the Falcons. It's a guy who lost to the Colts. Like they, they are beatable. They started out 0-2 this year. Now, I think they're playing with you know a ton of momentum. They've won back-to-back games in the fourth quarter late on the final drive. But I mean, both they could 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 have conceivably lost both of those games if the other defense had stepped up, if they the other offense had bled a little bit more clock. Like this this offense, this team, this team in general. Like I think their record, whatever it is, it's 500 or a game or two above 500. Like mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of fool's gold because uh, we know what division they play in, and then we know what out of conference they're playing in. Um, so I, for me. This, this is a perfect opportunity for Jonathan Gannon and the Arizona Cardinals. I I I've, I feel better almost about this game than I did about Atlanta in a weird way because hmm. the Cardinals are playing as loose as they've played in forever. Um, They've got players that are motivated now that want to play with Kyler Murray. They saw it. They believe it, what he's able to do. I think, you know, Kyler was the story last week. I genuinely believe this Cardinal defense is going to put on a performance f- f- as, a, as an extension of their head coach on Sunday. And everybody loves D'Amico Ryans. I think it's going to be Jonathan Gannon's day in Houston. I mean, they're
1: going to have to do and completely buck some trends as far as forcing turnovers right. from uh, an offense that's taking very good care of the football. I mean, mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud, I think he bested Kyler Murray's record for most passes without a pick, in his rookie season went well over 200. I think Kyler was like right around two. 19 or something in 2019 and, and Stroud w- went well past that and he's done a great job taking care of the ball. He's been accurate. He's really kind of elevated all the receive. He's done a lot of what Kyler does and elevate the, the playmakers in that offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I think that obviously both defenses like the Cardinals defense need to set the tone. But at the same time, you know, w- what do we know about Houston's defense? Like hasn't really faced a ton of like high powered offenses. Like they they gave up a ton of points to Tampa Bay. I mean, they were in a shootout with Baker Mayfield and crew. It was like a 39-37 win. Um, they squeaked by Cincinnati last week And you know Cincinnati is, even with Joe Burrow has been uneven all season long.
0: So I'm not too let convinced me, Let me read you defense. the opposing quarterbacks yeah. that they played. They they got beat handedly by Lamar Jackson week one. Then they lost to Gardner Minshew. Then they beat Trevor Lawrence, but they beat Trevor Lawrence with like a kick return touchdown. It was a crazy ass game Mm -hmm. against the Jaguars. They beat Kenny Pickett. They lost to Desmond Ritter. They beat Derek Carr at home. They lost to Bryce Young. They lost. They barely beat Baker Mayfield. And they beat a Bengals team with Joe Burrow that, as we saw on Thursday Night Football, is hurt. Didn't have T. Higgins. Uh, The Bengals blew that game. I mean, like, Kyler Murray is easily, outside of Lamar Jackson week one, the most athletic quarterback that they will mm-hmm. face at this point. Not even close. Not yeah, even and close. I think it's, it's
1: going to be, like, when I, when I hear that, when I look at that, that schedule, I also see that they haven't faced a lot of teams that like to establish the run. No. And, I, and that's really what they're, the Cardinals are going to try to emphasize, especially with Kyler Murray as they get him acclimated, right? Lean on James Connor, really kind of push people around, also utilize Kyler Murray, maybe some more design runs. But if they can if if they can do that, I mean, that that's not the game that Houston wants to get into. Houston wants to get into these these high scoring affairs where they get to show off their new toy and their rookie quarterback in and, and CJ Stroud and throwing the ball all around the yard. So, you know, if if the Cardinals can play their game and the defense can continue to do what it's done the last couple of weeks and Gen, you know, getting stops here and there. I, I mean, I don't. I don't even anticipate. You know, the Texans coming out and doing what the Falcons did, where they just try to keep Kyler Murray off the field in the first half. Where they're just kind of churning out first downs and, and having you know close to double digit play drives. And that's not Houston style. So no. it, it's it's kind of contrasting styles in a way. Um, and and to your point, you know, Kyler Murray's ability already. Going into a second game, being able to match and, and be uh, an equal with with a CJ Stroud right right out of gates, if not you know the better quarterback at this stage in his career, um, it gives the Cardinals a shot against this team that has been good, has had some some serious flashes this season. But are they ready for prime time? I've, I've always been kind of uh, a little suspect of that ever since draft day when these teams
0: they they matched up for that deal. The rest of their schedule is basically a joke. I mean, they play the Titans twice. They play the Colts again. They play the Browns now without Deshaun Watson. They play the Jags again. I mean, like Cardinals need to, to give them one here. And I, I do think they're feeling themselves from these last two weeks. How could you not? Like they're the they're the darlings of the NFL. He's the They're the darlings of the AFC and, and what they've been able to do. And leading their division, being in the postseason picture, I mean, most people thought that they were going to pick three to five. So the, the the biggest upset, special outside of what Joshua Dobbs is doing, so it's it's weird though. Like these major storylines, they all go back to the Arizona Cardinals in some way, shape, or form. So I'm I'm anxious to see it because I, I really do think that you know if Clayton tuner Dobbs is playing in this game, it certainly doesn't have the juice, but also like you probably don't have the confidence. I just think that the team now emulates so much confidence. You posted couple clips from the presser with Buda Baker on Thursday. And you can just mm-hmm. tell like the, the mindset of this team is dramatically different than it was two weeks ago. I mean, I, I, you can say what you want to say if you're a Cardinal player, if you're a coach. They they knew where they were going into a funeral against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, the, the defense played admirably for the first, what, quarter and a half. But everybody knew what was going down that Sunday. And we, we ripped them accordingly. Now it's a completely different story. You've got a quarterback now who's fully entrenched as quarterback one Healthy off of his ACL, knocked some rust off last week, I thought played really well in the fourth quarter, and has an opportunity to take advantage of, I think, a, a very underwhelming Houston team. I mean, you, you can't tell me if, if Kyler Murray and company can get out to a lead, something that they, they really weren't able to do last week, they can get out to a lead, 7-10 points, I think we're going to see a really good game from this defense. I, I this this defense has not been the, the benefactor of too many leads this season, maybe when they were undermanned without Buda Baker early. But the best thing the Cardinals can do, get the ball on Sunday, go down, put points up, put a touchdown on the board, you know, establish dominance, running the football, Trey McBride, and then let let Buda Baker, you know, wreak havoc on on CJ Stroud. And I think that's the recipe. I really do. Yeah. And they, we'll see what where they are as far as it's, I think two
1: of their three top tacklers, their linebackers. I know we're not going to see Perryman; he's he's been suspended, even with the appeal. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you think about this defense, like I know they get, uh, you know, Stingley back, right, and he's going to be uh, a welcome addition to the secondary. But outside of Will Anderson, there's there's not a whole lot of household names on the Houston defense, so it should be an, another solid performance from this Cardinals offense. Uh, unless we're going to see a Maje Sanders revenge game against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I, I think he's played the last two games since he signed with their practice squad. I think he's on the active roster, but I don't anticipate that either. So Arizona Cardinals are are going to be at least in a spot offensively to have a repeat performance. And as far as the defense, you know, it's, it's going to take them slowing down CJ Stroud and tank Dell and crew and uh you know, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not going to get my prediction out because that's what Friday's about on PHX Cardinals, but I'm with you. I think this is a winnable football game, and from what I've seen around the facility, it's it's definitely a, a team playing with confidence. Also a confident guy is uh, Michael Carter. Got to talk to the new Arizona Cardinals running back today, Johnny. Um, seemed like he wanted out of New York. You know, it just was a too jammed up running back room. Uh, it, it wasn't anything where he was... You know, somebody that was bringing down that locker room, but he was somebody that I think is talented and wanted an opportunity for himself uh, while he's obviously doesn't have too much mileage on his tires and isn't too long in the tooth as far as relative to the NFL. And he's here and I think he's hungry to to prove, you know, the league wrong that he, he's not a guy that should ever find himself on waivers in week 11 in the NFL season. So it seems like he's going to be a pretty good compliment to James Conner. And, you know, he said that, one thing he knows about this organization, mentioned Kyler Murray and the players in that locker room, is they're competitive and they want to win. And that matches up with his attitude. He loved JG's energy in the short time that he got to talk to his new coach. So already fitting in quite well. And I think that everybody was anticipating that. If you haven't heard our thoughts on Michael Carter and the addition to the Cardinals, check out Wednesday's podcast. But uh, it, was, it's, it was an easy, low-risk you know, medium to high reward for Monty
0: Osfort and crew. Looking at some of the Jet reporters based off of his comments today, like there's some rumblings that they were going to ask him to like switch to receiver at some point It's just a bizarre situation for Michael Carter. I think, again, we talked about it, the Dalvin Cook effect, the Rogers effect. He just, he felt like the odd man out. I, I think you know he's proven himself. He's over four four point five yards per carry most of his career, his young career. I think this is the perfect compliment to James Conner. I think this is the perfect breath of fresh air. Clearly, he's got a a, dis, a distinct respect for Kyler Murray. He said as much. And again, I again going from Zach Wilson to Kyler Murray. Good hell, I can't imagine a, a better <laughs> scenario for for a young a young player looking to prove themselves. So. It's great. It's great to see the team making additions, not subtractions, to better this team now and into the future. We're going to talk more about it. PHNX Cardinals live preview show. Houston hosting the Arizona Cardinals. We've got our preview show, 4.30 Friday night. Come out, hang out. And then, of course, Bo, myself, the playmaker, Britton Golden Company, will be at the scene. Bet MGM this weekend. Come out for the watch party Loved our watch party last week at Gila River. Now, away game. We are at BetMGM. Banner week for PHNX, PHNX Cardinals. Just crossed 20,000 on the YouTube. Open across 10K on our Twitter. In the meantime, like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. For Bob Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you Friday. We all silly like the mayor.